What's going on? It's your boy, Just Prince, from the Balance Effect Podcast. And I'm here to talk to you about Anchor. Such a great app. First and foremost, it's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make in a podcast in just one place. Super dope. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And this is definitely Balance Effect approved. What's going on? It's your boy Just Prince and your boy Benny Musa. Uh, unfortunately, uh, our lovely, lovely, lovely co-host Sugi's not here today. She's uh, on vacation. She's still vacationing on a beach somewhere in Tulum, and uh, we're just holding here the fort, holding down the fort for her here today. Um, but we are the Balance Effect Podcast, where we definitely promoting uh, healthy living, entrepreneurship, bossing up in every way. Possible and everything between that. What's up, Quam? How you feeling? How's up? What's up, Benny? What's going on, brother? I'm feeling pretty good right now. You know? Nah, you was you was man. My man Benny was over here bitching about a pop filter <laughs> not too long ago. So you know he's he just doesn't understand that. Guess what? I need to protect the investment, man. It's part of the brand. Look at my face. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, definitely, we gotta definitely um protect the investment in the brand. But yeah. don't worry, as the, as we grow, everything else grows. Um, gonna update my, the stom- my stomach would be slimmed down, but right now, you know, quarantine, whatever. Don't, so don't I apologize. Listen to him. Don't listen to him. You get what I'm saying? It, w- it would definitely. Girls trust still me. call him Poppy. That, I mean, <laughs> we're not gonna get into that this episode, so we're just gonna leave that alone right now. We're gonna definitely leave that alone right Daddy now. Yeah, them sugar. This dude doesn't respect my shit. I'm getting upset now. I'm getting really upset right now. <laughs> Like, there's clearly no freaking respect, man. <laughs> this shit is annoying. But um, in all seriousness, this is uh, the Balance Effect Podcast Episode 2. We're rocking out. It's me and Kwam. Sugi's not here, but we're going to hold down the forefront, like I said in the beginning. So, kind of to give you a recap of what we were talking about in Episode 1, we were kind of giving an introduction to myself and Benny and kind of how I, you know, started with this whole podcasting thing. Um we started off, uh, well, I know I started off uh, with this, with trying to create a business where I can, you know, use my talents and try to find, you know, ways to motivate people and um, get people to work or live to their highest potential or find their purpose. So that's what I was doing intentionally. intentionally. And um, what happened was that I, you know, came up with the name The Balance Effect because life is a balance, right? And then uh, we moved towards, uh, you know, just launching stuff on Instagram. I had Quam. I had I had uh, um, I had uh, some other people there. I had a uh, definitely had um, my girl Carol. Um, I had uh, my man from the Roommates podcast in Atlanta. We definitely gonna check him out in October. Yeah. Um, so we had a few we had a few people there. They were all you know, in their you know had their own way of doing things in their respective fields of business and how they came about and how they were able to maneuver through this quarantine. Um, so that's how kind of we got started. 
Um, so then I called, I called Kwam, I called Sugi, and I was like, yo, listen, we gonna, we just gonna, we just gonna go. We just gonna go. We just gonna do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I know I keep calling him Kwam because he's Kwam, but to the world he's Benny Musa, so it's whatever. But yeah, to me he's Kwam, so it's whatever. But no, Benny Musa, we was, you know, we 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 just doing this to, and we trying to inspire people and you know show people that we're we're young, we're millennials. Yes, you know, we're, we're the older millennials. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Uh, back, <laughs> back pain old. You know what I'm saying? We're the older <laughs> millennials, but we definitely um, get into it. So kind of like in this episode, this first episode, what are we going to call it today, Kwon? Actually, the second episode. Oh, yes. Excuse me. Wow. Sorry. See, this is this is authenticity. I fuck up sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this is the second episode. Mm-hmm. And um, this episode, we're going to be talking about um, school. And how we fucking skill, we fucking think school is a fucking scam. Ooh. It's a scam. So we kind of gonna talk about our our things and uh, how we went, how we dealt with school and what came about it, and then uh, touch on some other sub- subjects. But I'm gonna let Quam take over with the whole school thing because I have so much stuff to say. But I know he's a little bit more concise with his words than I am. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna put a disclaimer out there. <laughs> I didn't finish, <laughs> so I'm no expert on school, okay? <laughs> so, for me, um, man, 2008 was just a, a weird time in life in general, right? It's like the whole, you know, uh, housing market crashing. A lot of people don't realize how much, like, <clears throat> those little, not I won't say little, but uh, um, events like that really affect you on an individual level, mm-hmm. and I think for me the uh the fact that it was it was a you know um we couldn't really afford to pay the ticket that i uh chose uh this from the school that i chose to go to uh, my first year um being that you know there was a situation going on where we had to uh you know save the house and you know all these other things going on all at the same time um and just just uh just adapting to being a a new adult um, is different for uh, you depending on your uh, sort of like income bracket, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it was just like I'm going to school, but then I could barely afford books. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or right. I could I could barely afford the gas to get to you know my classes on time. Um, you know. Confute like having two jobs, you know. But then it's like you have two jobs. That's a that's a full time job. Plus mm-hmm. you going to school, like that's full a, time. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. It's not just like full time at one job. It's 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 four hours at the least. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? At two different jobs, sometimes eighty, a hundred, hundred, hundred hour weeks. Sometimes if you if you play it right, yeah. right. <laughs> that's how I thought was the right way to hustle. But I say all that to say. With all that time and energy you putting into, um, you know, these other companies and stuff like that, like you taking away from yourself and your ability to focus in school. So that was one aspect, the affordability aspect, just made it real tough for me to really take my education seriously. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you talk about distractions that would come up being that I was when I was when I was away for that year, when we had first met, that, that was probably the best I've been as far as like school goes. Mm-hmm. You know, really taking what I'm doing seriously and stuff like that. But once I came back, that discouraged me, and um, and just being around my hometown friends and stuff like that kind of distracted me from being able to execute. So that's like the emotional side to it. Um, 
But I think we're talking about something a little more uh, past just the individual. Yes. And that's more so the fact that, um, you know, the lack of, of knowledge that a lot of uh, people go to school with. Not just like your, 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 your algebra and your calculus and stuff like that. We're talking about life knowledge. We're talking about understanding how the system works. It's something that a lot of even our parents sort of fail to teach. I hate to say it like that because I don't like to project, you know, that kind of energy. But, um, you know, I'm going to say it like that because that's how I felt at the time. Um, they fail to teach that because they have been brought up to just be implemented into the system as opposed to creating a system or even understanding what they're working in. It's just like, I'm just going to, you know, follow one, two, three, and then I get three, you know, four, five, six back. Um, I think that changed after 2008 for the, for, you know, the, the world period, you know what I'm saying? And we were in, in the midst, midst of that change. Um, I hate being so long-winded, but <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, um, for me, the scam was, was for me, the biggest thing about it was, like, the lack of information for going into uh, school. Like, for example, right. um, these the way you're able to afford school when, when I was first going was a whole, sh- a whole bunch of loans. Yeah. To this day, I don't even know half the name of them. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Gabe will be able to tell you a lot better than I can, but you know for me i just thought it was like okay like i did my job as far as like you know getting my getting my um my 3.0 grade point point average in um in high school or 2.7 or whatever it was i thought i did my job and i just go to school and that's it i didn't really i wasn't concerned with how it was uh paid for mm-hmm. or what i have to do after i graduate um how to even play school properly meaning it's it's really it's really about the network and the reason why you'd want to get into a um, prestigious school is because you're going to be going with prestigious families who afforded this from like their generation their generation before you know those little key things that you learn in hindsight which i'll be able to you know of course one day tell my my children and my offspring and my legacy but for me it wasn't like that i had to figure that out the hard way right um so all that added up to me eventually um having to drop out and really play the game of life <laughs> and we 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 yeah, of course of course like that's that's kind of like I think everyone has to play the game of life and I feel like what happens is that you know we are conditioned I was talking to a few people about it and I'm like you know coming from a Hispanic home Caribbean home um it's very difficult to kind of break that mold mm-hmm. or that break that understanding of you know they feel especially when it comes to like hispanic caribbeans all them people they really feel that you know having a degree or having going to school and finishes is like the epitome of life mm-hmm. like that's like the highest peak like you are successful you made it right and obviously maybe 50 years ago that was the thing but now not not, not so much right because technology has has changed what peop- the way people make money has changed. Like, mm-hmm. now people are legitimately, legitimately making money through their phones. Yeah, absolutely. I've you know what I'm saying? A lot of money so it's very, it's very hard for you to now condition yourself 
to want to just go to school to just go to school for mm-hmm. whatever experience. The reason why I wanted to talk about this and the reason why I feel so strongly about it because I think that school is a scam, right? School mm-hmm. is a scam to me because what? School, right, it's like, it's like basically, how can I, how can I explain it to you? Like school is a way to... It's like almost like it's it's not it's it's a it's supposed to be an institute for learning, but it's an institute for making money at mm-hmm. the end of the day, because the cost of tuition, the cost of thing, the way they make their money through like basketball and football and all those things, and sponsorships by all these bigger companies, and like for a very long time, these players they were called amateurs. They weren't able to even use that money or mm-hmm. use it. They weren't able to use their likeness because then they wouldn't be considered amateurs. They'd be considered professionals. While the school is just paying, footing the bill for them. Mm-hmm. To like for instance, Zion Zion went to school went to Duke for free, right? Because he had a full ride. He only went there for one year. Do you know how much Duke made in that one year that he played? Mm-hmm. Almost a hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. right? And now the the question would be not to cut you off, mm-hmm. but just to add like that devil, be that devil's advocate. How much do you think it was to send Zion to school, full ride, knowing what you know about school? How much? Okay, I, I I tell you this. I don't think I think it was a very small fraction of how much Duke got out for and, what they'll pay for him to go to school. The second question is, how do we know that Duke made money directly that hundred million that you talked about? Well, that's okay. So it will be it will be it will be it will all be like it's like NCAA. Mm-hmm. All those people benefited for because what happens is that the way that these schools make money is. When they get picked up by these big networks, so mm-hmm. I'm talking about CBS, ESPN, all those other things, right? Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is that you have these individuals that are able to, you know, bring these big sc- these big schools because, like, I mean, you know, the big schools in college, you got the Dukes, the Syracuse, the uh, uh, UConn, mm-hmm. uh, 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 what's that, Arizona, um, uh, Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's that? Florida, mm-hmm. you know, all those type of places. UNC, mm-hmm. you know, all, all these type of places are big schools. So these big schools or whatever, these are like major, major programs. Mm-hmm. So they already are conditioned to a certain standard. So every top recruit for like any type of sport is going to be highly recruited to go to those type of schools because that also brings more money mm-hmm. to the school. Mm-hmm. Sponsorships. Right. And you also have um, um, people that graduated from the school mm-hmm. that also are like sponsors mm-hmm. that they give they um I, I don't know the correct term but they basically give money to the school mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying I, I think it's bouncers or i forgot i forgot the name of it right now it, it like escapes me but basically they pay major money for the school mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like that stuff is big business big football basketball those are that's big business mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's a scam at mm-hmm. the end of the day because at the end like you, if you're not an athlete and you're not getting a full ride, you're gonna be footing up fifty thousand to go a year mm-hmm. to school. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you don't m- go get a job that's gonna make a hundred thousand, you still like it's not gonna equate to the amount of debt that you get, mm-hmm. right? So I use myself as an example. As an example, when I when when I went to the school there, I went. This was like 2006, 2007. I went there to to Frank and Page <coughs> University. I, I I was there. I wanted to get away from my house. I was like, yo, I'm just going to go away. And that was probably the biggest mistake of my life because I didn't, like you said, it was a lack of understanding, mm-hmm. right, of what I was getting myself into. 
I was initially given uh, uh, my financial pay package was like this. It was fifty six hundred from Pell, and that was for the entire year. Mm -hmm. um, so just round it off to maybe twenty six, twenty seven hundred dollars up per semester, right? Then I was getting an $11,000 staff. Then I was getting an additional 6,000 um, Stafford loan. Right. Right. And I didn't understand what a Stafford loan was, but at the end of the day, it's un it's a subsidized um, loan from the government, whatever. Right. So basically I got that. And then uh, that loan, I didn't know I had to pay back. I thought it was part of my financial impact. So I was mm -hmm. like, oh, they basically giving me 11,000 to go to school. When I had to pay that back, so really what he was giving me was like chump change, but to the cost of tuition there at that time, this was thirteen, fourteen years ago, uh, to go there was thirty-two thousand a year, yeah. right? So thirty-two thousand a year, I still have to foot a bill of of upwards of twenty thousand, right? So where's that coming from? Now I have to go to take a private loan. When I go take a private loan, because I have no credit or whatever, I need to get a cosigner. When I get the cosigner. What the cosigner I used had didn't have the best credit, but at the end of the day, I had to use them. So when I used the cosigner, I signed a a a, a loan for twenty twenty one thousand, and it was at nine percent variable. So nine percent variable meaning, depending on the market, it can it will be no lower than nine percent, but it can go it can go upwards of sixteen twenty percent, and that's the interest rate of what of of the money. So. The way that the lenders make money is that the longer that you're in it, mm. right, the more money that you have to pay. They are betting against the debt of how long it will take you to pay down that debt. Mm -hmm. So then when you go to school and you pay all this debt, right, it's like, okay, I went to Franklin Pierce. I signed two loans. It was that one and a 19000 one the next year. The first year I went to Franklin Pierce, I, I was on academic probation. I fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll be honest with you. But then um, I went. I had some money from... Uh, from an accident, I went and I got went to summer school, got my grades up, and I was able to come back the the following the following year. That's when we met, and then um, you know I just kept messing up, right? And then out to point that I was academically dismissed or suspended, not dismissed, suspended. Dismissed would be kicked out. I was suspended, so I wasn't able to go back the following year. But I wasn't, I didn't because at that time I was already in thirty nine thousand dollars in debt with. Uh, 1.9 GPA and, you know, no degree, right? So I come home and I'm just like, yo, this shit is a scam. Mm -hmm. So then what I do, I go back and I go to the, I go to another school and I go check out more loans in another school. <laughs> yo, I didn't get a degree in that school either. And mm -hmm. the job around, right? I became a professional student because I didn't know what exactly I was going to do. Now, I want to tell you that school is a scam if you do not know what you want to do. Right. You want to go to school, go to school to be a doctor, go to school to be a teacher, go to school to be whatever. But if you you do not need to if you do not need to go to school for it and you could just pay for course to do it mm -hmm. it'll, and it'll save you money on the back end. Fine. Like I would tell my if whenever I decide to have kids, like if my kid want to be a cop. OK, cool. You can go to community college. You go get 60 credits and you go be a cop, mm -hmm. even though I would probably be against it because I'm a little, you know, with the whole. Black Lives Matter and the the way that, you know, the system and stuff like that and the history behind police in this nation mm -hmm. particular, particularly. Um, but, you know, just an example, like, listen, if you can save money, like, I will want my children and I will want all the viewers and our listeners to definitely look at this and say, like, yo, I don't want to come out of school and be behind the eight ball. I don't. Right. It doesn't make sense. 
it doesn't it doesn't compute to me like what the hell am i doing this for right right you're going to school i i was like oh you're bugging like uh, like if i had like if i had known what i know now at 31 at 19 18 things would have been different yeah right but then i finally you know i got my i got my shit together went to school graduated i'm teaching now and stuff like that but at the end of the day it wasn't fulfilling right mm-hmm. i went to school blah blah i paid I, I, my job paid for it some of it i paid the other rest it was definitely a lot cheaper than what i paid right but see it's like that lack of knowledge and what i'm saying is that like i was saying with that goes to say that like with the whole you know condition of my parentage and my childhood and stuff like that and what was instilled in me is what what was deemed as successful right hindered me as far as what where i would have been yeah now if yeah. i had known better then right, right. Because you're conditioned to just be like, yo, go to school, get a job, have a family, pay your bills, die. Mm-hmm. That's not life, bro. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? That's not life because guess what? When my parents were growing up, it was way cheaper, Yeah. way more dangerous than it is now, right? Mm-hmm. So to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And they live life okay. They live life just fine. Mm-hmm. So I sh- we should be able to live right in the in what makes us happy. Mm-hmm. If it's simple, yeah, no. But I know that I know what I'm destined for, right? And that's why it's all about you know living like your life's purpose and doing what you feel is right. I feel like my life purpose is to inspire, to 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 plant that seed for that next entrepreneur, that next businesswoman, that next life uh, um a life coach, change maker. You know what I'm saying? A uh, politician, whatever, whatever you want to be. I'm the person that I will never judge a person for what they want. If your dream is to be a janitor, that's your dream. Mm-hmm. If that's what you feel is your life purpose, that's your life purpose, mm-hmm. right? I will never look at somebody down because of their life purpose. What I feel is that I want you to live to your fullest potential. Like Nip said, find your purpose or you're wasting it. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying. I'm tired of wasting it. That whole like, trust me, that whole going to the club, going out, spending money, trying to look fly, blah blah, chasing women. It's over. It's over. I need to. Li- I need to live my life's purpose, <laughs> so to speak. So to speak. <laughs> but yeah, you know that's 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 my take on on school and why I think it's it's a it's a, just a fucking scam. Like it's 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 a fucking scam. You you come out with a whole bunch of debt. Even doctors, doctors be defaulting on their loans, man. Mm-hmm. They default on their shit all the time. Well, you know? It is a thing. Um, again, I think Monopoly is like the best game ever. <laughs> right, right. Because that's right. really what this whole thing is about. Um, it's about, you know, learning the rules of this complicated game we call the United States and play it to your best of your ability, find the advantages and the disadvantages. I mean, some doctors probably just default on their loans because then they can push back when they have to pay it. Some doctors will push their payment so far back <laughs> until they're retired. <laughs> yeah, like, like no, but th- it's just, like it's like if if a doctor is not paying this shit, mm-hmm. I'm a freaking teacher, dog. Like you think I'm gonna pay my shit? Yeah. Some doctors be paying loans up to the wise. They got three hundred fifty thousand, four hundred thousand, mm-hmm. half a million dollars mm-hmm. in loans. They don't be paying their shit. Mm-hmm. Why you and you hassling me? Yeah. Nah, man. Right. I mean, again, uh, it's just see the it's so it's so funny because uh, it kind of exposes. The whole thing of school really exposes like you in the society, 
if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, think about how like, of course, mm-hmm. you know, you got the you got uh, people who are doing well for themselves and 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 you know know some things about this country and their experience of school is way different than someone who is you know middle class citizen and um that's probably or that's like their family's first person that went to an actual college you mm-hmm. know and you kind of see the difference in the jobs they get the people they know the schools they go to you know so again for me it's, it's just it's just knowing the rules of the game with anything you do anything anything you do in school being included you know camera die okay there's another battery in there yeah so yeah, just change, just change the battery. Just change the battery. Um, you want me to pause it? No, no, we gotta pause it. Um, what was I? Yeah. Um, just again, you know, just going back to what I said, just learn the rules of the game. It's full funny. Like, a lot of us millennials are now our kids. If you haven't had kids already, are starting to get to those ages where they're probably entering like middle school. You know, um, maybe some high school. Maybe they just turn 15 or whatever the case may be. And I think it's important that we start to spread this kind of knowledge so that they can have a chance of being like, okay, cool. When my son or daughter reaches uh, that age where they're about to go to high, um, college, that I've done the research on the different schools that uh, they could potentially go to based on my on, on the family's financial income. You ever notice that when they, when they do your financial aid they base it off of your family's income because they understand that it's not just a one parent one you know what i'm saying it's it's a, yeah. the, the whole the whole family is literally investing into that person that is going to school you get what i'm saying that's how the system was built before and it's carried into now so i if that's the case if this is how they're they're um they're interfacing it if you will then you as a family should get together and really figure out okay okay son like for example my me and my mother never had this conversation and if we did i don't think she articulated articulated it in a way that i'd be like okay i i understand but then again i was 18 years old so (laughs) you know what i'm saying but like she knew that we wasn't able to afford um that school to begin with right Mm -hmm. but she sent me there in hopes that like something would happen but let's all be realistic community college to start off with would have been my best bet based on our bracket Mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying and the grades and no well the grades were good enough to go to that school because i got accepted so clearly it was accepted for everybody bro you're right (laughs) <laughs> uh, my shit was fu- my shit was fucked up too. They but I, I didn't I didn't have my shit. What was it? What's the seventy seven? What's the seven? I've got when I graduated high school, it was a, I had all my reasons, but my I think I graduated with an eighty two. Yeah. So that's like what a three right? But that's not bad if you're talking about it's not a four but like yeah. Then then you you know that's another conversation as far as like um how well you're supported for mm-hmm. going to school, how much distraction you you have going to school and all that stuff, but. You know, the point is, like, it was good enough to get accepted whether they were doing a mass acceptance or not. They wasn't accepting nobody that was having, like, a 1.5 or, like... No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. They had to see that, oh, now, like... There was some type of... Right. Academic... I don't know. What's that called? Like, some type of... There's a potential there. There was a potential for you to 
be like supersede what you had your performance in yeah. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, the objective way of thinking about that would have been go to this community college, do your two do your two years, figure out what you wanna do, preferably figure out what you wanna do before you even go into any type of school. Right. And then from there they you they see that it's proven that you've been that you can do well in um that kind of structure and that rigorous of a program and they can move you to the you know to up to a better school it's how i should have plotted it out but you know the um the the dream as it was sold was no you want to go to a four-year right get your bachelor's you know all that kind of stuff and some people Mm -hmm. just can't afford that they just can't no you're right they can't really necessarily afford it and there you don't like it's all these, all these other people in these communities, their parent, their parents, like for, I- like for instance, in like the Jewish community, they have bar mitzvahs. When you're 13, you become a man. Mm-hmm. Like so, they giving you 50k or 30k or whatever, or they giving you a deed to like some type of land or whatever, right? You have some type of, you know, footing, right, to be able to make it, right? But uh, us minorities and you know what we kind of go through and stuff like that we are we aren't conditioned with that type of thinking like for instance when i when i started this or whatever the case would be i had to start it on my own nobody was gonna believe in my dream and that's okay mm-hmm. i don't expect anybody to sponsor me or look for me to or look at me and want to be a part of what i'm part of because that's not their dream that's not what they want to do but in those communities, right, it's very easy for you to go to your uncle and be like, hey, can I get, I got this idea, can I get 20K? Mm-hmm. Okay, there goes 20K. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Right. I don't have that that luxury, mm-hmm. right? I don't have that luxury to do something like that. Like, oh, I have, I have all these ideas, right? I have all these things that I want to do. And, you know, I've realized that in order for me to do that, I had to sacrifice and I had to take it upon myself to do those things mm-hmm. because it's like sheesh if I don't do it nobody gonna do it I didn't come from a millionaire I didn't come from money so money gotta come from me mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I felt that had I known what I know now then I probably would've never gone to that school mm-hmm. I probably would've even never met but I guess <laughs> school is not that much of a scam because I, I met probably one of my best friends right? right so so like we were able to connect and we've been straight ever since then it's 12 years man mm-hmm. like it's a long time. you know what i'm saying a long time a long where time. we we've connected and we stayed close and always saying contact contact and you know i i, I came to you with this idea of, of, of trying to do this and you was all with it mm-hmm. and even helped me in you know kind of like strategically how to do things and stuff like that because at the end of the day oh some no one is a, an island no one person is an island they're always no. going to need help yeah and i and i always appreciate you for that and stuff like that and Otsuki as well you know even though she's on the beach and stuff like that <laughs> but you know tanning and all that we over here tanning. in New York and <laughs> shit like that tanning with the light like oh you know but no seriously like like I said if I had known what I know now then I probably would have never gone to that school I probably would have maybe even gone to community, community college I probably would have been at a better place right and then it's like also the understanding of like you know fi- your finances and and mm-hmm. that and the, those things those you don't they don't teach that in school 
Did they teach you that? I didn't. I didn't know. Like, I didn't. My mom told me what it what, what it was to balance a che- checkbook because my grandmother was like very meticulous when it came to that. Like she like, okay, this is the money that came in. This is the money that came out. This is supposed to have. I'm supposed to have left. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So it's like. So like yeah, it's just like a like like you know no pun intended, but it's a balance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with school, like you constantly going to school and there's no real balance. You know what I'm saying? In this country, there's no real balance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's no real balance in the sense that you literally what and I'm and I'm talking to I'm put myself included. I literally when I mean pre-COVID, right? It was just straight up come come home, yeah, or or leave my house early, wake up in the morning, take a shower, brush my teeth, go to work for eight hours, go teach at night, get home at like nine ten o'clock, shower. If I get, cause like you know, I was I was starting to kind of go back to the gym again, trying to get my body right or whatever. But it's also it's, it's kind of hard, right? Because it's like you're, you know, I condition myself to constantly be working. Mm-hmm. So it's it was like, you know, now I'm taking the time where I need to focus on everything. Everything mm-hmm. is like I said, it's a balance, right? I have to have everything. I have to have a balance. When it's too much of anything, it's not it's not it's gonna not be good. good. It's not good for you. So. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it, and that's how I feel about about school in particular. Mm-hmm. You know, straight up, like yeah. I, you know, I, that's just what it is. Like I would tell anybody that, you know what I mean? Like I remember I graduated when I graduated school. Like I had some family members tell me, like, "Are are you happy? Are you content? Like you have access now?" And I was like, "What fucking access are you talking about? Mm-hmm. What access? Access to what?" Mm-hmm. To more money, I, man, did I, they ever tell you like what that meant? It was it was more of like, I'm, I guess I'm more accessible to better paying jobs, I guess. Yeah. But it's like I'm not gonna leave the Department of Education where I'm off in the summer to go work twelve months at the year and only get two weeks off when I have when I get ten weeks in the summer alone, mm-hmm. right? We only teachers only work 180 days a year, mm-hmm. right? Even though we really we do work hard, mm-hmm. granted, and COVID's been more difficult right now, so to speak. But it's just like, damn, you know what I mean? Look at all the shit we got to go through. But when they said when when that particular family member said it, access, I was just like, bro, what are you talking about? Yeah. What, what access are you talking about? Like, well, what um, from your perspective, what opportunities could you have gotten from your uh, degree? In, in hindsight, like, what do you feel like you you could have uh, you could have done? Because when you say you became a teacher, mm-hmm. it, um, it's not that you were settling, but I feel like at that moment, no, I feel time, like I settled. I feel like yeah, I settled. Okay, so we'll yeah, call I it that. I, I feel like I settled. I feel like I settled because at the end of the day, teaching is great, but it's not what it wasn't my calling. At the end of the day, yeah, I felt like my calling has always been youth development Mm -hmm. and when I mean youth development is not necessarily teaching youth development is talking about uh, uh, restorative practices being able to um, bridge that gap between school life and home life right right? Um, understanding the days in and day out to be able to cope with things behavior management shit like that that's what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. not necessarily day in day out instruction Mm -hmm. right so um that was what I was doing most of my, I guess, I don't know, my working career as far as, like, youth development. I was in charter schools. I was in after-school programs. 
Um, I was doing outreach and stuff like that, you know, advocacy. That's what, what I was really doing. That was more of my passion. But, you know, all that stuff is is good and all, but the pay wasn't great. So, obviously, when you transition to teaching, it's more secure and stuff like that. And that was what it was. It was conformity. Mm-hmm. And I do not... One of the things that I want to preach is fuck conformity, right? Yeah. Live to your highest potential. Even if, even like, yo, listen, shoot for the stars, ain't for the moon. All people out smoke. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. <laughs> like, you know, shout out the force and all of them. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? You know, Red Autumn. You yes, know, sir. but, but, but like, at the end please, of the day, please, it's please. like, bro, why, 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 why I gotta worry about conformity for? Well, I'm not a conformist. I'm not somebody that's just gonna bend for whatever. That's not what we do. I think, you know what I'm um, I think you have to look at the privilege of knowing you, uh, you know, there's a, there's that, you ever heard of the allegory of the cave? Yes. Plato. Yeah. So that's, that's simply what it breaks down to. I mean, for those of you who don't know, basically, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, a bunch of uh, guys are in a cave, um, they're looking at like, sh- like a shadow of like an image, but be- someone's doing an image behind them and they're looking at it at the wall the whole time mm-hmm. right and then one person decides to turn around and they're like oh that's what that is and then they start that starts their adventure to then end up outside in the outside world and be like oh this is super overwhelming right um, that's the gist of it that's yes. the gist of it yeah yes. yeah um because i feel like in that story there was so many uh, 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 points it was trying to like yeah, teach it's, you. It's, 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 it's like a juxtaposition of, yeah. I don't know, it's like uh, cross disciplines almost, yeah. right? Like, as far as like the the thinking, mm-hmm. um, what happened, like, how were they able to kind of translate, yeah, like live being in the cave and mm-hmm. kind of the, the depth of perception and stuff like that. Yeah. So, all that was was kind of like in play in yeah. that, in, in that, in that. In that, and I guess like the gist of it was basically, I, I honestly, what I took from it was, never take life too seriously and too literal, right? Yeah. It's more of like, live live your life the way you see fit. And that's how you know that something was a good piece of art when it can translate like that. Yeah, because it makes you think. Yeah, but I, I say that to say, um, somehow, both of us sitting here were the people that turned around, or were forced to be turned around and 70 percent of people out there well covid might have changed all that to be honest with you um because not everybody was forced to sit down and have conversations with themselves they never had before right um but before that um you know you 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 were you were blessed with that that vantage point and i think that's why it's easy for us to say you know uh fuck conformity right um but let's let's take it back and let's really allow people to understand or, or start to have a conversation of what do I love to do? And then you start to say to yourself, okay, if I love to do that, how do I make money off of it? Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I that's, think, yeah, that's, 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 that's the, that's the balance effect, that's baby. The balance. <laughs> that's the balance effect. Finding what you love. Mm hmm. And understanding that this is what it is, and then you actually flip it and use it as a tool to mm-hmm. motivate and push the masses. And the reason why I wanted to make it that simple is because I don't think purpose is a very vast 
very broad, right? Very ocean like. Very general. Yeah. And I think for me personally, it always changes. Mm-hmm. Depending on who you are. Some people, they maintain a particular purpose, you know, um, all the time. And I think maybe certain things stay, stay consistent, but I feel like it could change with the whirlwind. You know what I'm saying? It could change with the world's wind, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I like to I like to take it back and just say, like, for all the viewers and listeners, like, what do y'all love to do? Start with that first. Right. Start with your passion and then have it grow from there, you know? Yeah. For sure. For that's sure, a be- sure. that's the best thing. That's the best thing. Because, um, um, yeah, even even listening to your story, um, as far as, like, how you ended up, becoming um into you know the education side of it my mind is saying well you know the whole time you could have been had your own you know organization non-for-profit right which is something i think you've talked about doing too. yes that's eventually eventually yeah. god willing um through this process the balance effect is like it's an umbrella mm-hmm. of many things this is the first form we have other things that we're doing. Um, but, yeah, like, eventually that's what I want to do. I want to – I feel like the best way – because, I, I honestly, like, these young kids, I don't think that we're that far – Not at all. Far from where they're at. Like, I'm talking about the 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Like, you just know. like – I know, like, when we was kids, I remember terrorizing teachers. Yeah, but for like for us, we felt like it was for a reason. Mm-hmm. We felt like we can smell it off you. You didn't care about yeah, us. Yeah, you didn't care about us, or that so you, you see, just yep. this was a, just a job, right? Right. So like, like I, I remember like so for instance, like I know that what was, damn, so we talking about two thousand seven. So two thousand six, we still had the reign of Jim Jones mm-hmm. off of bowling. Bowling. That was big. Yo, going into two thousand, yo, I'm talking about the sc- you had the yo, <laughs> me and Ron used to wear have all the ACGs, all the true religions, all the red monkeys. We had the skulls on it. We were still copping CDs from local logo up up in the heights. All of, well, that's when mixtapes was bubbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, RP stack bundles was bubbling. Max B's was on, on the verge of the come up. You get what I'm saying? So like. Then, then it was like this is. Then I got into like, I I, I was still also in my BBC ice cream, and, and and Pharrell heavy, and um, what was that? What were we doing back then? Uh, Bape might might have just hit the scene. No, Bape Bape had a Bape was I was wearing, oh, I wasn't wearing it because I couldn't afford it. Well, I had one Bape sneaker, but it was literally because I had saved all my money from working in a library to buy because back then. To get a pair of babes, yeah, was retarded. I mean, they still expensive and they, now, but yeah, they expensive now. But it's like it, it was like the we had. I remember I had I had the purple ones. It was like the purple star, it like and it was the gel and it was it had the see through oh, bottom yeah. on, on the on the toe, yeah, and stuff like that. And it was it was white and purple. And then I had the 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 the, the monkey with the mm-hmm. the bait. The bait monkey and it said paper cross, whatever. That's that's what I had and that's what was, I was into. And then like you know you had the ice cream sneakers, the, the pearl joints, and then like I went. Then it was like, and I was still an avid Fifty Cent fan too. And then that war came about when I went to school when it was him and Kanye fighting or whatever case. Oh yeah, me. for graduation. And graduation and, and, and Curtis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that that was that was the big thing. I mean, yo, TRL was still out at that time. So like, 
I knew what it was. Like I was, I, it was very trendy in New York at that time. This was right before the the market crash. Um, you know, it was it was a lot. You get what I'm saying? So it was a lot of things going on. So I could relate to the changing of the guard for like the kids that have now mm-hmm. ha- have now, right? Mm-hmm. So like we was living when I was in high school. I went to high school during the Bush years. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. went to high school during the bushes. Talking about 2002, 2003, 4, 5. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I went to school during that time. So then, they these kids are going to school. We're going to school during like Trump. Trump time. It's, it's very similar. You know what I'm saying? It's very similar. So like, I could definitely understand like what's going on. You know what I'm saying? And like, I understand like what they're going through because we kind of went through it, so to speak, yeah. right? So. You know, I get it. I get it 100%. 100% get it. And, and, wow, there is a lot of parallels. Even with um, the resurgence of uh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, where in 2014, 13, 14, That's what, 15. What, that, like, it was it was 2012, Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Then 2014, heavy with, um, you know, Ferguson right. with, um, with Mike Brown. Yeah. Um, and, like, the the... the the water crisis in Flint. Yep. Um, and all that shit happened during Obama years, man. Now, and, like, now I was very those, critical of that. And mind you, those kids that are out out there now, they are, um, they were, like, 12, mm-hmm. 10 in 2010 and 2012. You get what I'm saying? And that's the generation right after us. Yes. So, very, yeah, that was a good point. A lot of parallels between us. A lot two. of parallels. So, we can kind of relate to, like, some of the stuff they're going through. Like, Back then, there wasn't a lot of money that, that, like, they wasn't summer youth or whatever. Like, when I was a kid in high school, in high school, like, I was working summer youth and I was, and I was, work, I had my own job and stuff like that. So I could still, like, even the sneakers, we was able to afford something. You could get fly, you could take a ch- girl to the movies. Now it's like, you gotta hustle, you gotta do what you gotta do, you gotta do different things to com- to compete. Everybody wanna, that's a, and that's the mentality I'm trying to, you know, change. Like, Stop trying to look rich mm-hmm. and be broke. Mm-hmm. Be rich, and you can. It's all right if you want to look rich and you rich. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But at least be rich. Mm-hmm. Don't look rich. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we buying all these clothes, buying all these stuff for all these people. Those people's making money. Mm-hmm. What are you making money? This one of the things I tell my students, like, because he's like, yo, he's like, yo, yo, Mister, you fly. Like, you wearing all the Yeezys. You got all this stuff. You come to work, fly. But I'm like, listen, but that's just what I like. If I was your age, I wouldn't even be caring about it. Because what I would want to do was, yo, learn about, I was like, why don't you take $120 and buy Michael Jordan stock? Yeah. Go buy Jordan stock. Go buy Nike stock. Go buy Apple stock. All these products that you think, if you could pay for the product, you should pay for the stock. Because technically, you're investing in that. So you should have some ownership in that. I don't mind that. Yeah. So, so like. Just to just to add to your point, because that my thing is, I think that you should have a healthy respect for desire and a healthy like you like a, like a, like a um you should have a healthy desire. Like I don't mind, cause look, like you said, they were able to afford to buy those clothes. I mean, their parents bought them for them, but yeah, nonetheless, they were they bought them, they got them. Right. Like I'm talking about this. This is one kid. That his moms, they lived, they lived in like one of the most obscene places, mm-hmm. right? But her kid was always fly. Right. Dri- she drove a crazy car. 
I'm talking about I don't even got a a a a, a what's that um oh my god I forgot those jackets uh I can't even tell you right now but it's not not a Vanson um Vanson's like my era but the I'm t- these are a thousand dollar leathers and they're see, biker jackets but I I don't I don't like the cheapest ones yeah see I don't I don't try to discredit that mm-hmm. because I think that's important I think that okay. Cool. And that example, his parents got it for him. Mm-hmm. But the point is that he understands how it feels to look good. And yeah, know, like it's, it's a feeling. Yeah, that's important. The other side to it, though, is like you said. Okay, if you're gonna buy that, you should figure out how to own it. You should figure out how to make it. Yeah, you see what of I'm course. saying? Like that's that's what we need to be telling these kids instead of telling them like, man, don't be wasting your money on on. You know every single Jordan because they're gonna do that anyway. They all gonna do it every but, day anyway. But I, it would be dope if you telling them like, oh, I see you got those Jordans. I think you should look into their stock. Yeah, that's what I tell them. I yeah. said, listen, I think you should look. I said, if you like the, if you like this product so much, mm-hmm. you should own it or go on the resale. You know what I'm saying? Like, I said, and and I, and I, and I used to tell them how I used to make money too, like selling sneakers. I'm yeah. like, okay, like let's say if me and my brother, we got, we able to pull up two grand let's say you scrape up two grand mm-hmm. and we'll be like all right what sneakers are coming out between now and christmas mm-hmm. what's the most popular sneaker that we can buy and how much can we get it for and how many can we get so i remember the first time we did it was when the concourse came out um we did this is 2011 yeah 2011. and i was like december december 2011 i was like all right cool so this is what we're gonna do I got I got fifteen hundred. Well, how much you got? Oh, I got five. I got I got seven. Okay, let's go get these Jordans. How much we get the Jordans for? Ah, right, he's saying the re- the retail back then for those for those concours when they came out ninety five it was like one twenty. Mm-hmm. When they came out in two thousand eleven, they was two hundred. That was the first time the Jordans was two hundred dollars. So we was like, and, and oh, y'all that had was taxes because they were one eighty. Yeah, we had. Yeah. Well, no, the 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 nah, the box was two hundred. Nah, I had when I it was the what, I remember the the the. The tens that when I went up to the Worcester, Chicago, the, the Chicago tens, yeah. the, the, those was the first time they was retro. And I got them in. There. I still got them, Chris. Yeah. Um, those joints. Man, I miss them shits, bro. Them, them <laughs> those joints. I got them for. I paid one sixty, and it was like one sixty seven when I went up to when I went up up there to Worcester when mm-hmm. I got them with you. But so let's go. I go to say this. My brother's like, oh, I gotta connect with my man in Jersey. He works in Fulaga. He could get us nine pairs, and we could get them. We could get them each for box value. So, two hundred, you know, times nine, right? That's about eighteen hundred. So we had the bread, so to speak, right? So we got them, right? But now everybody, I, I, that was the first time in a long time that, first of all, like if you know the history, Jordan had a very had a down climb, had a decline. Yeah, before that. F- before that, that before that shoe came out, that. because he wasn't really reproducing any of the. Any of the signature line, yeah. So like one through, yeah, he was making dub zeros and the a whole dubs. bunch of yeah. It was it was <laughs> bullshit. Like I, I I never liked the dub zeros. I remember going to high school, people was wearing that with um, with the with the snowman tees and stuff like that. And I love Jeezy. I got I got Jeezy. I'm repping Jeezy right now. But um, you know, hopefully he sponsored the podcast. Let's see. <laughs> um, but uh, um. Yeah, like it was a decline. So before that, when that shoe came out, that's when it was like, oh, Jordan coming back, blah blah. Oh, it's on. Then it started to. Then it was like, okay, every Christmas is going to come out with a dope sneaker, right? Yeah. So 
when we, me and my brother had gone online, we went, I remember we went to 145th Street and Broadway, right, right, right in our, right in our old hood or whatever, our grandmother still lived there, we went and we waited, we got there, what time we got there, we got like there like at 12 o'clock, at 12 o'clock midnight, the line was going down to Riverside, past the McDonald's, right, so me and Chewy was like, yo, you think you're gonna get these, I'm like, yo, we just gotta see. So we stayed there till the store opened up at eight in the morning, mm-hmm. and we was there from twelve. So we was there legit the whole night. And I didn't have a car at the time, so we definitely took the, the bus up there, yeah, the, bus. Uh, oh. the bus up there, and all that. That's before Uber, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that, that's before Uber and all that. So we took it. We took it there. It was cold, raining. We stood out there. People got chairs and shit. I'm like, I had to go get him like a coffee from from McDonald's so he could be good and stuff like that. And I had like a little hot chocolate and stuff like that with a little bit of French fry. But we was out there rocking. And then this is before he he told me about the plug. Mm-hmm. So then we out there, we didn't hit we didn't hit nothing. They actually get into a fight. That's how it always went. They ha- get into a fight. People trying to knock people's heads off for a pair of sneakers. So I'm like, damn, all right. So then we go, we I'm like me and Tree like, oh fuck, we gonna go across the bridge. We gonna go to um we gonna go to the Bronx. We gonna go to 149 and see what 149 looking like. Dub. Fordham. Dub. And we doing this all literally public transportation. So I'm like, damn, okay. So then when he finally told me about the plug, I was like, okay, cool. We got nine pairs. Me and him were me and him were able to get but get our pairs for free and make money on top of the money that we initially invested because we got the sneakers at box price. Mm-hmm. So with the box price at eighteen hundred, we put up. We sold each pair for an additional two three hundred dollars because they were nowhere to be found. Uh-huh. You get what I'm saying? So I had them. Like people were selling. Like people had like the B grade joints. The B grades are the ones that like they have the imperfections and stuff like that. On they're not the original box shoe. Mm-hmm. Right, and they were four stores on Fordham in certain places. Two fifth, they were selling them, but we were able to make money, and and that was a and I and I tell them that story because that's what kind of introduced me into kind of like the reselling and buying stuff and holding them and trying to flip them. We sold. I remember the most expensive pair of those Jordans that I sold was for seven hundred dollars. So literally, I paid in that one sale. I paid him. Uh, we paid both of our sneakers and 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 some and some. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So it's like it's an investment, and that's what I was trying to tell. That's why I tell my students. I'm like, listen, if you're going to get – I'm heavy on the Jay-Z quote. If you can't afford it to buy it twice, you can't afford it. Right. Right? So don't buy it. Like, I'm not going to jump out the window to buy something when I know I'm going to be fucked up for the next couple weeks. Yeah. Like, them days of going broke to buy a pair of sneakers. No, that's – That's, that's yeah. dead. Like, I haven't done yeah. that. Since I was like seventeen. Yeah. Whenever you want to take risks on your money or make investments, you should have the money. You should have the money. <laughs> Twice, and it's, three and times it's, over. And this and this should be a way that you're able to always get your money back. Right. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, yo, if you're gonna do the the sneaker thing, you can always get your money back. Like uh, like Jordans and stuff like that because of like branding and all that. Yo, you could get a pair of Jordans and you could sell them for a whole bunch of money, mm-hmm. depending on the condition and where you were. Yo, I used to buy designer sneakers, and I could not get. Half of the money I paid on them damn yeah. sneakers. You get what I'm saying? Because it's like, okay, you wear them once, but them shits ain't everyday shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and plus, fashion changes every season. Mm-hmm. The color changes, the patterns, the schemes, what's in. One thing that's in is not. Plaid wasn't in, it's plaid in now. Versace wasn't in, Versace's in now. 
You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just it's just it's just a trend. So I always tell my students that like if you're gonna own if you're gonna buy and invest in all these products, I love Kanye, but yo, I, I bought I went on to Robin Hood and I got some Adidas stock. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean we'll get into that. Like well it's more like stock options, but yes. I got some Adidas stock. Right. Yeezy stock. You know what I'm saying? Some Apple stock, Disney stock. It owns some of this stuff so you could always get your money back for what you put in. Mm-hmm. Because trust me, these people did not they they it did not cost them what they're selling it right to make the stuff that they're selling to you right you know what i mean <sighs> but yeah that's kind of my spiel for that whole sk- school <laughs> thing and all that stuff it was it's a long thing but anyway kind of moving forward and uh uh to close out the close out this um episode i wanted to definitely talk about um r.i.p um chadwick boseman right mm-hmm. black panther wakanda forever um, you know, as you can see, I am not dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I definitely wanted to wanted to shout him out, man, because like, you know, definitely rest in peace, rest in paradise, rest in heaven. You know what I mean? Um, I wanted to kind of, well, I'm gonna let you talk about it first because, yeah, it's just a lot, and I kind of gotta get my words together to talk about it because it really, really, really hurt me. Like, and I don't know this man mm-hmm. personally, but it did hurt me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Probably the, if I'm just like, not trying to assume, but just like, you know, tr- looking at it from my perspective. I think the reason why I hurt a lot of people is because of the shitty year 2020 has been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With yes. a lot of people R. that R. we Black loved Mamba. in our community passing away. It's it like Kobe, Pop, Chad. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's 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 yeah. If it's not that, it's uh, it's ah, oh, it's just nasty. It's just it's been nasty. Um, that's why this hurts times ten of what it or which the original reason why it would hurt is because he, he you know he played black panther and that movie was historical and that's how everybody knows him mm-hmm. you know he didn't look like he was gonna pass away anytime soon in that movie mm-hmm. there were uh i guess later on that um he, he his image had resurfaced and he had he was losing a lot of weight and nobody really knew why but he was an actor so they all figured it was just for a role mm-hmm. um the fact that he when people started doing the math, like, wait, four years since 2016? Black Panther came out this time? Oh, he would. You know, they started doing the math and started saying, wow, this man was going through that while he was filming, like, four or five different movies that hit? It's like, that just really, it just took people totally by surprise. And, and I think people are still trying to process the fact that this man is not making any more movies, any more movie appearances. Like, and, and, I didn't really follow him all too 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 much, mm-hmm. but things start to resurface as as you know in his in people's passing, and I see that he was very active with um, um, talking about upliftment of the of the black community, yes, black and brown community, yes, and so that's another reason why it hurt um, so much as well. Um, but I, what I do want to talk about, right? Because when it comes to people passing, I never want to talk about the gloominess. I want to talk about what they left behind apart other than his his movies i think it's a it's a it's a point to look at that he was doing this 
while he was in so much pain and suffering. Right. Colon cancer is no joke. We're talking about like what, like a ninety percent fatality rate. It's like it, it's it doesn't come to play. And yeah. the way it comes is that you don't know until it's too late. What, who was it? Was it something Fonda? I forgot who would who. I think it was Jane Fonda. Yeah, uh, she died of that. It's a beast. It's it's a beast, right? And it's and it's and it goes to show you of the stuff that you put in your body and like why mm-hmm. like I'm definitely gonna be you know blogging my my journey now from now until my birthday. I told myself that I was gonna get back in shape and I told myself that I was gonna do the right thing because that stuff really hurt, man. Like yeah. it, it's like yo, you don't like the man was relatively health healthy, right? He looked healthy, right? Right. But it's like you don't know what you put in your body and the type of stuff that you you you, you eat. But before we get to that, though, I just mm-hmm. want to finish the point by saying, yes, like, my fault. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. That because that was a good point too. Um, somebody is always going through something worse than what you are perceiving is bad, right? And the fact that he still worked through that, that should be a lesson to everybody. There's no excuse to get what you need done. And honestly, that was like I said, I believe in higher power. I believe in God, like. That was divine. That was like for four years. You battled it, and when you found out it was stage four, and it got held back for four, it was, it was. What do they call it? Not, I don't think it was in recession, but remission, remission. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you 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 were able to to fight that off for four years and do the surgeries mm-hmm. you made that some would argue that really strengthened um the 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 psychology of the black community like of course come on that that's divine that that was meant to be you know what i mean god god rest his soul but that that that's that was meant to be and then you passed at this point in time mm-hmm. i think that's powerful that's the real you know that's the real uh gem right there you know of course of course for sure go all out you know live to your, live to your greatest potential mm-hmm. i mean it hurt me a lot because I, it was, okay, so the, one of the parts that, um, that may, were very difficult for me to watch because of my relationship with my, uh, father was a part when he became king, he was crowned king, and he went into the ancestral plane, mm. Right. And he sees his father. His father talks to his father, and one of the quotes that his father says is, uh, "A man that has has hasn't prepared his children for his demise or his for his death was never a real father. That didn't a do a good, didn't do a good job. That's a fact. Because he was so worried about being a good king and being a good thing and stuff like that. And he had to hang up with his dad, and you have to find your way, your path. Right? You can never be your father. The sins." You know, the sins of the father should not, you know, cross over to the son. You know what right. I mean? And it, it, one of the parts that stood out to me, and, you know, it was very hard because, first of all, I feel like that was the greatest Marvel movie they ever created. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, Avengers Endgame beat it, but that's when I'm talking about money-wise. But the joint made a couple billion dollars. You get what I'm saying? I went to go see that movie three times. Yeah. Like in theaters, you right. know what I'm saying, and I even bought the DVD. You know what I'm saying, um, not the DVD, um, the digital copy or whatever, right? So it hurt me a lot because of the the actor, right? Not 
the Black Panther portrayal, yes, I loved it, blah, blah, I had my thing with it, but the actor, right? So, um, a lot of his work and his words um, of living your purpose, of finding yourself, what's important, how Denzel Washington also kind of like created his career because of being able to finance his thing to go away to school and yeah, stuff like we that. Got, we got to understand too, shout out to Denzel Washington. Nah, he does things quietly and you and, don't even know. Yeah, and he like, a lot of those guys understand putting people in place mm-hmm. to carry on the legacy of the whole like diaspora. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different with him and, and a lot of people he, he talks to. Th- mm-hmm. That's why that's so brilliant. Like he could have, he could have took the took whatever role it was or, or whatever they ca- or not the role. I'm sorry. He could have um just not paid for him because he didn't know him, but he he did that. Didn't even know if he was gonna be who he was, but took the risk on on his own kind. Right. Like that that is special. That's nah, special. It's, def- it's definitely special. And then like, he did all these. So basically. 2016 he was diagnosed 2016 for those who don't know that's when civil war came out that's when he was officially introduced as mm-hmm. the black panther mm-hmm. right um 2018 comes out black panther movie also in 2018 um is it 2018 or 2019 I, I don't know i'm not sure i forget i think it was 2018 black panther came out and then he reprises his role again in both infinity wars and um uh, Endgame. Uh, Endgame, right? And I guess bugged out like how in Infinity War they made their great stand in Wakanda. You would think they'll do their great stand in America, something like that. No, they did it in Wakanda. Why? Because black people fucking rock, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. Like, uh, that shit crazy to me. But he did that. I go to say this that I say this to say that throughout this time, through his pain, kind of picking on back what you were saying, he was able to accomplish all those things. So, like, I was telling my brother, if that shit don't inspire you, bro, mm-hmm. yo, he did Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Endgame, Infinity Wars, Black Panther. The f- he worked with Spike Lee. He did a whole bunch of other movies. He did some philanthropy work. He was he was one of the biggest, biggest donators for um, uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. He was going to deal with people that had cancer, too, and you didn't even know he had cancer. And it's like, damn, bro, like, if he could do that in four years... Shit, I'm not doing enough. I'm not working hard enough. That's a fact. And I'm bitching about yo, like oh, I can't get people to 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 to, to fuck with me when I'm doing this. No, bro, like do it yourself. Grind. When people see you grind, they gonna they gonna leech on regardless because they gonna see that you doing something something that you haven't done. So I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna push. So I say this to say like, Chadwick Boseman is an inspiration. Um, rest in peace to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he he inspired the world. Like, that movie, there was so much symbolism in that movie. Even with the antagonist Killmonger. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I can heal you after he stabbed him. And he was like, nah, why? So you could, so you could, so you could lock me up? Nah, bury me in the ocean like my, like my ancestors. Mm-hmm. Cause they even know that, um, you know, death is better than bondage. Mm-hmm. You know? That movie, yeah, that movie was great. Yeah. You know, and, and Chadwick Boseman was a great actor, and just, it's tough. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, it's tough. You know, it's 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 hard. If people say, like, yo, why you crying over a celebrity, or why you so down over a celebrity, man? 
Like you don't understand like the what these people do there is inspirational. Mm-hmm. Kobe was inspirational to me. He was my favorite player. I have every you know, I watched every game, everything when he tore his Achilles, I saw all that I I saw his championship, I saw his downfall, I saw when when he I thought he was gonna go to jail for a long time when he did what he did, right? Which he didn't do. You know, what he didn't do, right? But what he allegedly the way they try to say that he did. Yeah, it was right. Still, yeah. It was allegedly, and then guess what? They found out that Shorty was just like, yeah, you can't, like, yeah, we just not gonna go in that. But anyway, yeah, we just gonna like, I'm just, yeah, like it was. It's just inspirational, and like I, I'm always going to feel a way about people that have impacted me in some type of way, mm-hmm. and both of those individuals have impacted me in, in an immense way where I feel like that I have to live to my fullest purpose, live in the mamba mentality. Do what I feel, listen to my gut, and do what I feel is best for me, mm. and live to be my best self every day, or work to be my best self every day. You know, that's it. You know, definitely. Um, yeah, that's that's just that's just where I'm at with it. You know, with that one, it was sad to see him go. Um, you know, another brother. In this messed up times that we in, mm-hmm. but we gonna keep pushing. We gonna keep inspiring, and we gonna keep doing what we feel is best for the culture, mm-hmm. right? That's what brings us here, man. That's what brings us here every time. And I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you. I appreciate Suki. I appreciate my cameraman. I told I, when when this when this happened, I literally called all my peoples. All my all my closest friends and I say, yo, if I never said it enough, I love you. Mm. You get what I'm saying? I love you because you, don't, you know, <laughs> this guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like I love you, man. Life is not promised, man. Life isn't promised, and it's not. It's not. Uh, it's short, but it's sweet. So live it. It's only but moments, and let's live it to our fullest potential. Um. I'm going to stop rambling. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, – we're going to wrap it up. Uh, look out for episode three coming soon. Um, I'm your boy, Just Prince. It's your boy, Benny Musa. Uh, Sugi is here in spirit, and we are the Balance Effect. See you. We out. Peace. All right, I just finished listening to the Balance Effect broadcast show. This show is very informative. It's very inspiring. I recommend everyone to listen to this broadcast. They have a variety of topics, and you should really tune into it. I really think it's an excellent broadcast. It's called the Balance Effect broadcast.